Welcome to the exciting conclusion of the summer breakdown from the underpowered hour. When we last left our intrepid heroes, they had begun their trek north. Listen now as the story continues. Welcome back to the second part of the Summer Breakdown. If you haven't yet listened to part one, you should go back and listen to part one where we talk about (laughs) how (laughs) uh, Linus and uh, Ike ended up uh, leaving my workshop early on a Sunday morning, uh, headed north in a 100-year-old car and on an 80-year-old motorcycle. And if uh, we'll ever see... Uh, them alive again. Uh, You'll find out if they died uh, during this episode. So you don't want to spoil the first part. Uh, We want to see, did in fact they die? Did they make it out alive? Who knows? Uh, Are these just actors reading our parts? (laughs) It's true. It's It's amazing sound-alikes that we were able to find. We recorded Um, it before we left. I thought we established that. That's exactly right. right. So welcome again, Linus, our good friend to the podcast. Ike, thanks for this, whatever this is as always and hopefully we haven't lost our entire audience during the first summer breakdown but trust me fair listener back to regularly scheduled underpowered hour land rover programming uh next week um but uh because of the uh summer breakdown uh ike and i well and linus uh were able to take uh, a week off and uh enjoy uh you know greasing linus's bushings or something (laughs) (laughs) at any rate so when we last left our heroes they were pulling out of the driveway at my workshop and uh i nearly crashed trying to get into gear going around the corner and you're off so you're headed down away from my uh, shop towards uh the unknown yeah towards <laughs> towards adventure <laughs> to the sunrise <laughs> so one of the the major pr- concerns that we had during this whole up uh, uh, prep for this trip was that we were going to be dying of heat Right. Heat exhaustion. Right. So we were uh, hoping to leave very early and we were hoping to get to the coast very quickly. But it turned out to be absolutely not a problem anywhere along the way. So I think well, you're right on 126. Yep. And so we we jumped on the 126. It was 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. And uh, it was cold, <laughs> which we were not expecting you know, to deal it was with cold, at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Linus was driving his car and he's wearing a motorcycle helmet, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, which I is have no windshield, just sun- uh, for those of you who don't know. Also, he has a soft plate in his head from when he was a kid. It's yeah. true. It's <laughs> very, very sad. It's very sad. Hopefully, you've been able to look at our Instagram over the last week to uh, see some of the... Our Instagram was described to me by a listener the other day as the CD-ROM that uh, comes as a companion with the book. <laughs> and so, I think that's very I think that's very apropos, as I think it was when I, when I posted, coincidentally, the photo of the 
lube chisel, which I happen to have and have been playing with all afternoon don't, don't as we've been recording people. this. Nobody needs to see I just got some crevices that need to be lubed, so <laughs> I have it here with me. But uh, but yes, yeah, so hopefully people have seen the Model T Roadster. If not, head to our Instagram uh, at Underpowered Hour and check it out uh, and seen uh, the Buffalo Seat uh uh, motorcycle that uh, Ike is is currently that the crabs are migrating out of into Ike's motorcycle suit as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're well established at this point. There's a pretty substantial uh, colony. You know, I'm feeling good. This is where we're, we've left the warehouse. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable on the motorcycle. I survived, you know, Los Angeles traffic. You know, and then we're on the 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 highway, and it's five o'clock on a Sunday. There's not a lot of traffic, and uh, you know we're cruising along. We're watching the sunrise. You know, it's a little cool, and um, man, it's just it's just everything's coming together, and I'm feeling I'm feeling really really good about this trip. And uh, <laughs> you know, later we would find out that that was. Uh, that was a misplaced it. optimism. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> so you that head was down the idea. 126, you're going through Fillmore and some of those little farming communities on the way out to the coast, and you eventually end up on the PCH. Are you taking the PCH north? We had talked about uh, taking a little highway out of, I think, Santa Paula. Climbs, climbs up through the mountains and then uh, sort of rejoins Highway 1 further up. But being mm-hmm. as that it was so early uh, on the trip and we weren't so familiar with the motorcycle we decided not to you know we're motoring along uh, it's a surprisingly good match that car and that motorcycle uh, mm-hmm. as far as comfortable cruising speed the car has uh, an overhead valve conversion and uh, it has a Ruxtel two-speed rear end and it has uh, uh, Hauk wire wheels and it really gets down the highway I think uh, comfortably going about 62 Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, fifty-seven to sixty-two, and that I think is forney about, hydroxylator. <laughs> forney hydroxylator, it, it was working very well that day. <laughs> 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 but we were just having a great time. I mean, it, it turned out it turned out to be a good a good match of of the two machines going. And I don't know if anything could have been better than than mm-hmm. that morning, really. Mm-hmm. It was it was really great, and uh, you know the motorcycle is it, you don't want to like cruise it at at, at really high rates of speed because of the gearing, but it's powerful. You know it's twelve hundred cc's, and uh, this was the first year of a larger engine and higher compression, and so it it, it feels like it's really a ca- capable of of quite high speeds. You know, a hundred plus miles an hour maybe. But uh, the braking and uh, shifting and all of the other systems that support that engine and those speeds are are incredibly primitive and terrible. <laughs> to describe it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it has a front brake, but it really doesn't do much. I think right. that machine wants to kill you. Yes, it, that is its I th- goal. I think it wants to kill everyone. It's just it's it's enraged that it's been forced to live this long. It's just it wants to die and it wants to take you with it. The spirit of that buffalo has inhabited the motorcycle. It's cursed. And, it's, yeah, cursed. It's, it's cursed. It is cursed. Yeah, that motorcycle was assembled on an Indian burial ground or something like that. You know, <laughs> it's just it's bad. We didn't have much much in, interesting story to tell about the morning. I think we started uh, having because everything s- was. Going Going well, we were lulled into a false oh, yeah. sense of security. We were going up Highway One, motoring along. The motorcycle was doing well. We came off 
of the main highway as much as we could because, mm-hmm. you know, being on the highway is boring. So we were going through some small towns right down on the coast. And in the mid-morning, we started having some kind of sputterings and poppings going on with the motorcycle. Yeah, you, you know, the motorcycle was running along and you'd feel like, oh, I can pass this car. I can speed up, you know, I got plenty of power. And then every once in a while, you'd be like going down a hill and it would like lose steam or you would, you know, you'd be cruising and then you'd, you'd pick up the pace a little bit and it would, it would cough and sputter and then take off. And so we were like, all right, something's happening. There's a ignition problem, a mm-hmm. dirty plug, a foul jet, a, you know, something. And so we've, we've got to stop and we've got to look at it. And, um, you know, before that happens, we were driving through a small town and I'm in the left-hand lane and, and they're doing some road construction. And so the, the road is going from two lanes mm-hmm. to one lane and there's two um, sections of road with a gap about four inches wide in between the two sections of road. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having to, to negotiate this and uh, I, I have to shift. I have to downshift from third to second, I believe. I'm going about 45 miles an hour and I take my hands off the handlebar as the, unfortunately, as the lane is is going from two lanes to one lane and uh, that gap in the road catches the front tire and and rips the handlebars out of my hands and uh and and I go down and I'm sliding along the pavement and my my new you know antique motorcycle is is showering sparks and the, you know the traffic is stopping and I'm I'm my clothes and my body is grating against the ground and I'm I look down and my I'm like my elbow pad is grating along the highway and uh and I'm like, man, sure hopes that holds up, you know. <laughs> and uh I'm like, oh, that's probably the end of this trip and and, and I hope I don't get run over and like all these things are going through my head as this ha- is happening, you know. And like, I'm in front of him. I have no idea this is going on. <laughs> he's he's gone. He's just he <laughs> continues driving. You know, I I'll tell you the the, the reason that I cuz I have no rearview mirrors on the right. car. And the reason that I knew something had happened is by chance there was another man in front of me on a modern Harley Davidson. Mm -hmm. And he had seen Ike go down in his rearview mirror and he pulled off to look back. And I I saw him looking, you know, shockingly back behind me (laughs) at something. And that's when I looked back and saw Ike tumbling down the road with cars going around him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so this all happens, and I'm I'm like, okay, I'm trying to remain calm, you know, like I uh, y- y- everything sort of grinds literally to a halt, and uh, you know, I'm I'm assessing myself to see if I'm injured badly or something, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, better turn off the ignition and the fuel and all the things that might cause a fire. So I run up and I turn all that off and, and people are getting out of their cars to see if I'm okay. And and fortunately, you know, no one runs over me and, and everything's fine. And we, we pick up the motorcycle and we push it to the side of the road. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to see if my elbows like ground through and, you know, making sure my helmet's not cracked or, you know, all these things that you're like, Oh, you know, like people get into accidents and they don't under they don't realize that they're injured or right. or whatever until after. A couple of uh, of helpful bystanders did contract tetanus from the motorcycle. They, but other than that, they <laughs> also walked away with a serious case of crabs. But uh, 
<laughs> I think uh, I I think I got back to you right about the time that the motorcycle had been pushed by those uh, helpful people to the side. But well, you know uh, when yeah, I they when I they was, were just. They were just putting their hands on the motorcycle, and that's how they got the crabs. I actually right. did most of the pushing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had to get the Model T up on the curb and get out of it, you know, and the whole time, the only thing that has yet happened is that Ike is rolling around on the ground still, right. and he's not stood up yet, and the bike hasn't been moved. And I'm just imagining, you know, bones sticking out yes, and like yes. compound fractures. And getting out of the Model T, if you've seen the Olympic pommel horse, has event, no doors. It's it has very no doors. similar to the uh, to the pommel horse, uh, where Linus does a full leg sweep all the way around the vehicle mm-hmm, twice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then a, and a backwards <laughs> dismount. It's really it's pretty impressive. <laughs> or Jim Kata, if you've ever seen Jim that movie. <laughs> no. Same, yeah. So I I had all of these horrible visions in my head of what I was going to find when I got back there. But uh, when I saw the bike come up and the people helping him push, I was pretty confident that uh, there would only be some minor stitches or, you know, some sprains. Uh, but it turned out there was very little damage to either the man or the bike. So we yeah, got very there lucky. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, damage to either. You know, there was a few scrapes on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. little little scuff on the fender, little scrape on the crash bar, you know, little just, you know, kind of a few things. But but no real serious things that we could ascertain. The the floorboard was a little a little tweaked, yeah. you know, like just a couple things, but not not so bad that I was like, oh, this is a trip ending problem unless we find out later that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe something part, cracked. Yeah, maybe something cracked or like there's little cr- things propagating. Under in, a, the- in a film, we would uh, we would cut to the close up of uh, uh, of something where a tiny a tiny little crack would would, would start and yeah. just after everybody said, no, I think it's going to be fine. I think we should you- be just fine. And that's when you see the pavement start to crack and the lava ooze out before we cut to right. the next, well, uh, right. the well, next th- scene. Yeah. Unbeknownst to us, the lava was forming in, you know, uh, a pressurized <laughs> exactly. bubble underneath uh, the motorcycle and, and the Dante's later, peak of motorcycle trips yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly right and what Tommy Lee Jones is about to show up at any moment and um, see that oil old couple boiled to death oh, oh so yeah. but he remember the snorkel the snorkel on his truck uh, going across uh, going across the lake and then there's a third guy and he's like that guy doesn't have a snorkel on his truck he'll never make it and you're like it's not uh, whatever it's not anyways but so that's what are we up to like now the fifth time you should have died on this trip I I think it's something uh, probably, like that. If we're counting Indian food, I think it's something like maybe fifth, maybe sixth uh, time. <laughs> you certainly have. about the the hundredth time his leg should have broken from kicking the motorcycle. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get the motorcycle going again, and we were like ascertaining all of the you know superficial damage that that we've incurred, and and the motorcycle is is obviously still. I I don't think it had stumbled at this point. We had we had stopped and fixed, you know, the ignition problem. Uh, slightly before this, we had we had replaced the coil or no, the gap on the points was the closing. The point gap was closed. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we looked, we pulled the little cap off of the timer, I think it's called, instead yep. of the distributor, and we had noticed that the gap had fully closed and uh, there was there was no spark, and so we fixed that and and it seemed to be better, and so we were we were riding high until until this uh, problem happened, and then we were you know it, it's definitely discouraging. This is this is day. 
one, two if you count the pickup of the motorcycle, and and already we've had some pretty significant problems. And uh, I'm like, is this really a good idea? Am I <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna really hurt myself doing this? Am I is this motorcycle cut out for this? Am I cut out for you know? You start to have some some doubts about whether this is a good idea or not, but, uh, you know, everything's okay. And so, uh, nothing too bad happened. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on this horse and ride it. So we decided we would, we would carry on. We would try to make it to, uh, a place that Linus likes to camp called Plastic Creek. And, and so we got on the motorcycle and we started riding and, and, you know, things were great. Things were things were good again. It, it lulled us into a false sense of security. We thought the worst was over. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we did have a, a, a pretty good long repair time on on that motorcycle that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. We did, uh, and, and, and think- this guy stopped and he he pulled over and he was riding like a newer KTM touring motorcycle, and he gets off and he's like. Are, are you riding this someplace? <laughs> <laughs> he had just done a like a two day long trip on his bike, and he was absolutely beat. Yeah, he was like, "Ah, oh, I'm so tired from riding this brand new motorcycle two days on this really." And he he looks at our trip, our, our motorcycle, and he asks us about our trip, and he's like, "I can't believe you guys are doing this." He's like, "I am a complete pussy." <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, <laughs> he sold the motorcycle and just walked he's away. Like, I'm giving. It was up. weird. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, he was very impressed with our trip. And, and at that point, we knew we knew we were done for, ta- <laughs> for embarking on this trip. Because here's a guy who's a, you know, experienced seasoned motorcyclist, another one, might, might I add, who's mm-hmm. telling us that maybe this is foolhardy. Bringing the total list of people who said this was not a good idea to everyone. At least a dozen, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Everyone we talked to. We didn't even think it was a good no, idea. No one, <laughs> Literally no one thought it was a good idea. And meanwhile, Linus's car is having no problems. It was it's, perfect. It it's was perfect. perfect. It's not having any difficulties. And we're like, oh man, this motorcycle is never going to make we it. Were, we were going through uh, many ups and downs of of emotions over that thing, sputterings and uh, stallings. And it would shut off when he would come to a stop sign or a stoplight and he'd have to push it over. And then we'd have to try and get it started again. And And on a hill and like in in traffic and like going, you were going down a hill and it just turned off. So many people flipped us off and like, it was, (laughs) it was, it was pretty bad, but uh, we get to Plaskett Creek and I'm like so excited because we've, we've actually hit one of our goals. Mm-hmm. And we get off the motorcycle or fall off the motorcycle because I'm like, I'm pretty sore, you know? I'm like, yeah. really? So he was like, walking around like this. Riding the motor. <laughs> yeah, I look like Frankenstein. I couldn't bend my legs. My arms were stuck out, you know? Like, there's this beautiful overlook at the ocean, and, and it's like a you know, five minute walk away from the campsite there. And I, I don't even want to go over there. I'm so sore and <laughs> I, I can't even, I want, I'm like, I got to lay down for a minute. I'm so sore. I'm like in a stress position. And, and I really was stressed the entire time. I was just like, you know, grabbing the motorcycle, yeah. holding on very tightly and, and I'm really tense and uh, I get off the motorcycle. I'm extremely sore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can barely walk, and I'm, I'm, you know, we're camping on the, gr- we're camping this whole time. We didn't even talk about the fact that we are 
camping this entire time right. every night where we are planning to camp yeah. on the ground. And so we've got all this camping gear and all this stuff with us. And so getting to Plaskett was a goal, but we didn't know what was going to happen. It's a pretty, it's a pretty popular place. It's on the Big Sur coastline. It's very right. touristy. In the summer. Yeah. And it's summer and getting a campsite is like impossible. So very I, difficult. I, and, and it's probably easy to sort of do a bootleg camp on a motorcycle somewhere along that area, but in a car, which I was right. in, it's, it's hard. So I was nervous that we weren't going to be able to get a spot there. And so we pulled in and, uh, the, the place looks pretty full, and uh, I, I went up to the place. And I don't know if people are more interested in trying to help us when they see what we're driving, or less interested in <laughs> right. trying to help yeah. us. Or just like, <laughs> but, let's just move along. Like, move along. But, but surprisingly, you know, when I said, "Do you have any places?" they said, "No." <laughs> We have absolutely no, no. places to no, Absolutely not. The place is entirely full. But there is one lady who had reserved several campsites, and one of the people in her party isn't coming tonight. Mm. And if you go ask her, you might be able to buy that site from her. Her name was Hope. <laughs> and I said, uh, here's us. What, what have you got? And she uh, accepted my money and we bought the site from her for that night. It was the only mm -hmm. way to get a site. And it, it was probably the only campsite within 30 miles. And you settled in for a, a comfortable night. We started no unloading and we started yeah. maintaining the motorcycle and all this stuff. And uh, what were we doing? We were working on the motorcycle. We were like, oh, something doesn't we work. We had all these pieces off of it. And so we were down there cleaning the points and filing them and trying to make it stop sputtering and, and yeah. cleaning the spark plugs and wondering what the heck was going on and messing around. And, and this lady pulls up in a suburban with like 9,000 children inside. Yeah, there's like a whole baseball team worth of kids in the back of this thing and she's australian she's australian and she's like what the bloody hell are you doing in my camp spot you're in my <laughs> campsite uh, she was nice about it and she i was, was like nice. i was like i bought this from hope and she goes what but that's that's supposed to be our site so it turned out that that wasn't true <laughs> uh she ended up uh going back and discussing with hope and uh she had a different spot that she was oh, going to be in that goodness. Hope had reserved. So we were able to stay there, uh, fortunately. Uh, and uh, surprisingly, the site that she got to go to was way better than ours. And that was day one? That's still day one? It's still day one. And, wow. uh, and the curse continues because after this all happens, we're sitting there and we're like, I think we're playing cards. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the coastal highway is nearby, and there's not a lot of traffic. It was pretty late at night by then, too. It was very dark. Yeah, as we're playing cards by lantern light, you know, we hear this... <laughs> and there's, like, a huge accident out on the highway, and, and we just... Linus gets up and runs, and I... I Away. <laughs> right into a tree. <laughs> I jump up. I jump up and 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 then realize that everything hurts and fall over into a crumpled <laughs> heap. And he runs over to check and make sure everything's okay. And I kind of like teeter along for another ten minutes. And yeah. uh, these these poor people, one of them stopped for some reason on the highway to turn into a camp spot or something, and another person 
just plowed into the back of them and there's parts of cars all over and there's <laughs> people outside and there's some a little bit of acrimony about whose fault it is and all of this sort of thing. Fortunately, um, nobody was hurt at all. And uh, they did have enough service to call 911, which they did. And uh, it was fine. But what <laughs> what a thing to have happen, right? What a wonderful when you way think to think you're end. all done. <laughs> I was just exactly. thinking how fortunate I was not to be rear-ended on the motorcycle in, mm-hmm. you know, basically doing the same thing, turning or into Or off that the motorcycle, for that matter. Or, or off the motorcycle, yeah. So day two, a beautiful sleep at uh, Hope's campsite uh, right next to the car accident, the flaming wreckage of, of the car accident from the night before. You wake up, birds are chirping. I can imagine is basically paralyzed at this point after basically sleeping paralyzed. on the ground all night. You know, the, the sleeping really helped, and uh, that, that, was, uh, that was good. But I did wake up, and I was just incredibly sore and stiff. And uh, so we start. We start for the day, and uh, everything's where you seem like we're over the hump. And so uh, we we get back on the motorcycle, and we get in the car, and we we start we start going, and and things are actually going pretty smoothly until until we get to this place where they're like uh, trimming trees, trimming they have trees. one lane closed. Yeah, and yeah, it's he, like in the construction site where they have like a flagger that's yeah. telling you that one you know lane of traffic can go or come. And so we get in there and, and and the motorcycle starts to act up and we spend probably an hour and a half, two hours working on the motorcycle and finding that the coil terminals have corroded, mm. you know, like whether through storage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wires that are going down into the coil are corroded. So we replace the coil and then the wires, uh, Linus finds that they, they aren't fully seating into the coil and so we get that resolved and and we start motoring and we're we're going along really good. We're we're making time. We're we're doing really well. We're going finally like, over the hump. Yeah, we're going like <laughs> 60 65 miles an hour. Linus's car, I'm like really impressed cuz before we left Linus was like I'm going to be going 45 and he's going, you know, 65. We're cruising down the highway. This is great. Yeah. Everything's going And now going we're great. coming up through Monterey. We're getting into the section between Monterey and Santa Cruz. We're probably, what, about 10 miles south of Santa Cruz, and I start notice my oil pressure gauge is fluctuating between 5 and 20, just back and forth, slowly back and forth. And I'm thinking, uh, I have a pickup screen down in the oil pan that mm-hmm. uh, is like a coarse filter, uh, to pick up the the material that is ground off of the low speed band from mm. when you're taking off from a stop and any other band material that wears away, but primarily it comes off of there. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, this is probably starting to clog again, even though I cleaned it before we left. And so I'm watching that, and it's not going to zero. So I know mm. there's oil there. And so I'm I'm we get into Santa Cruz, and uh, we come up to a stoplight. Uh, as you're getting through onto Mission Street to continue out northbound, and I'm st- I start getting water spraying on me, and I realize that the temperature gauge on the moto meter way out in front of me is all the way at the top. Oh no! I'm in front and I'm motoring along, and I'm thinking everything is just great. <laughs> and Linus just cruises past me, you know, to get my attention, and then pulls off. 
the mm-hmm. highway and I'm like, uh oh, what's going on? You know, does he have is he having a you know an IBS moment or what's what's <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, we pulled over and like the most beautiful place you could ever find is this nice mm-hmm. green lawn in front of this old Victorian house or, uh, up on the hill leading to UCSC under a and, shady uh, tree. Under a shady tree, <laughs> and so I get out and I say, "Oh, well, I'm out of water," you know. So I, yeah. I start pouring water into the radiator. And it starts coming out of the valve cover. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and so uh, I don't know what happened at this point, uh, but the water had gotten into the oil and mm. there was no more water in the engine and it was coming out. And so uh, I There was assuming... a lot of water in the engine. It just wasn't where it's it was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I assume it's a it's a blown head gasket at this point. And so uh, I start, I have a number of friends in Santa Cruz, so I start calling around looking for, you know, what I have on that car is a roof overhead valve conversion. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't use a standard Model T head gasket. It uses a different one with, with d- a different number of valves because it's got overheads instead. So I start calling around saying, you know, where can I find a head gasket for this? But nobody's got one. Nobody's got one. So there's no hundred year old head gaskets in Santa Cruz. <laughs> no. So we basically, unfortunately, at this point, decide that unless we want to wait several days for a head gasket to come in the mail uh, and then do such a repair, um, that we have to either abandon the car or abandon the motorcycle and the car and go home. Or we have to just commit suicide and wander, walk into the ocean, never to be seen again. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now back to the show. So we we're sitting on these like this lawn and we've got all our shit strewn out and like Linus <laughs> has got the hood open on the car and he's like laying in the street and we're all covered in grease and there's just there's garbage everywhere and we look like we've just moved into this like nice neighborhood and we're complete hobos we're just bearded bearded dirty homeless people and uh, this this nice neighbor comes up and initially he's like what are you doing here and then we explain everything and he's like what are you idiots doing here? <laughs> but he was very nice and he brought he, us some water and he brought us uh, some water and he nice was then he was like uh, worked at the local historical society and uh he he was like you guys appreciate history clearly so so we're sitting there and we're talking to this neighbor fellow and uh and tessa linus's friend from like 10 years ago drives by and waves and and clearly recognizes us and also realizes that we're idiots but um she just drives by and uh you know doesn't say anything <laughs> she doesn't stop she just she just waves and drives on as if that's a normal occurrence you know and uh and that'll that'll be important later but uh, Linus finds a friend his friend Todd who worked with amusement 
uh, he worked in the amusement industry, like making yes. making like rides. Yeah, like no. a carny. No, 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 like manufacturing <laughs> manufacturing yeah. uh, amusement park rides. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, he's and a so, machinist and very, a very interesting guy. guy. And and a car collector has a bunch of really interesting small cars and old cars are his thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes and he comes with a trailer and and rescues the car. And we all I ride the motorcycle over to uh to todd's house and and we look at his old cars and and we have uh his wife yells at us for leaving cars at her house um and <laughs> dripping oil on her driveway <laughs> but she's very nice about it she yells at us in the nicest possible way todd has a wonderful collection of cars he has three Messerschmitts, a zip cycle car mm. he has his own model t speedster that he built in high school uh, he has an 11 Maxwell, an 06 Cadillac, a 23 Willys Knight. Nice. And uh, an Isetta and mm. an Austin 7. They're all stored in a garage <laughs> that is about 10 by 7. <laughs> they're all stacked up in there. <laughs> yeah, they're just, it's amazing. He's like, oh, there's a car over there. There's a car over there. Oh, wait, you're standing on a car and there's a car above you. So uh, during this time, I have texted Tessa to say, you know, hi, that was us on the side of the road. Thanks and, for driving uh, by. And she says, what can I, can, do you need anything? And I'm thinking, oh, well, I don't really know. By chance, I have a modern car that is parked in a driveway about 40 miles away mm. from where we were. I'm thinking, you know, okay, where are we going to stay tonight? Do I need to take Ike somewhere is he going to leave? Am I going to stay here? Am I going to, what's going to happen? And Tessa says, if you need to borrow a car, just, you know, let me know. And I said, okay, well, let's borrow Tessa's car and we'll go get my, tr- my truck. And then we'll be able to do something, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so Tessa drives to Todd's house. I don't know what on earth Tessa could possibly care about us so much, but she saved us in so many ways, I don't know how we'll ever thank her, but she shows up in her car and says, this is the car you can drive. It has 700 miles on it. It's brand new. She just bought it and she's letting me drive it. You've gone from the (laughs) oldest car in the world to potentially the newest car in the world inside of about eight hours. In in a very short time. So we borrow Tessa's car, drive to get my pickup truck, and uh, Tessa says, why don't you stay with me at my house as well as borrowing my car because I have an extra room and an extra couch and you can stay here. So we pick up my pickup truck. We leave my Model T at Todd's and Ike's motorcycle at Todd's. And we go get my truck and we go back to Tessa's house. And I think we left the motorcycle at Todd's. We did. Yes, we put a we put a tarp over it and uh, and we left it there for the mm-hmm. evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to Tessa's house. And she's like the nicest lady ever. She's like, "Oh, you look like you need some aromatherapy." And I'm like, "That's that's actually the least of my problems." But <laughs> but thank you for noticing Do you know that a I chiropractor or yeah. maybe a, you know an orthopedic surgeon. She gave you like three different uh, three different self exercising like roller things to try to straighten mm-hmm. you back out from your hunched over uh, <laughs> discomforted oh, yeah. she's like she's like you're stuck oh in. i happen to have a depretzelator right behind <laughs> here in my closet you know you should you should try it out and uh, she has she sure enough she's got an electric depretzelator and mm-hmm. uh, stretched like, him right back out 
Yeah. Yep. She's like, put this behind your neck. Actually really helped. She's it like, really uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, this was, a, this was actually really good. So we, uh, you know, except for the part where Linus's car blew up, this was a wonderful stop because yeah. it was, uh, it was relaxing. And so we're basically deciding what's happening and, and Linus has decided, you know, he's going to drive uh, and get this uh, pickup truck and he's yep. going to, uh, he's going to see it through. He's going to follow me the rest of the way. And uh, I am, I will be forever grateful. Although it probably would have saved a lot of aggravation and, uh, and trouble and turmoil if he just said, you know what, this is not a good this idea. This is not a good idea. But yeah, we, despite the best efforts of everyone around you and anyone you've spoken with, we you, continue. you continue on, we're only at day three. It seems as though we've been at this for two weeks already, but in fact, this is only this is only day three. So day three, breakfast tacos, and you embark uh, farther north from Santa Cruz. So what what uh, adventure does day three bring? Well, we uh, we didn't again. We had no idea where we were going to try to end up, and I think trying to have places that you intend to end up on trips like this is a mistake. So <laughs> well, it, it's helpful to have a list of options, but, uh, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong or so many interesting things that you could stop and see that inevitably you're going to run behind schedule or, or unexpected things can happen. The big, the big thing to get through on day three was San Francisco, mm-hmm. that the, all the traffic, the lane changes, the highways. So we took highway one all the way up, uh, you know, half moon Bay Pacifica over highway 35. And we came down onto 280 and we're heading up 19th Avenue and there's just cars everywhere, stop signs everywhere. This is not the first thing that had fallen off of Ike's motorcycle, but it was the first thing we noticed, I- including, <laughs> including to be fair, Ike himself. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. true. We everything, didn't notice that. Everything falls off the motorcycle one, at one point or another. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm actually really nervous about re- driving through San Francisco because, um, you know, the motorcycle controls don't lend themselves well to, like, putting your feet down or... or Extreme what. hill stops. Yeah, so there's some hills there and some stoplights on hills, and uh, there's not really a good way to hold yourself on the hill. You know, you can kind of... To, you know, switch feet from the clutch to the brake and, and put alternate feet down and, and these sorts of things. But it's not as convenient and easy as a modern motorcycle for sure. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about getting through San Francisco and also not being run over by somebody. Yeah. Um, so things are going along great. You know, I'm, I'm navigating traffic, the motorcycles behaving itself. And uh, that's when it decides to reject all of its components all over the road. Um, uh, at, at some point, I heard like uh, uh, it, what sounded like maybe a piece of angle iron hitting the road, and I was like, I was like, maybe I just ran over a grate or something like that. And uh, that'll that'll come in uh, later. But uh, I hit a bump at one point driving through town and, and like the whole front of the headlight, the lens and the ring and all that stuff falls off onto the ground. And I do, I do notice this, you know, and I'm like, ah, shit, you know, and, and because the parts for this thing are so expensive, I'm, I'm, I can't really just like leave it. And, uh, so I pull off on the side of the road and I like go back and there's traffic, you know, there's like a million cars and, <laughs> and Linus is trying to find a spot to pull over. And it's just like, it's horrible. And it's like on a hill and there's oil leaking out of them. It's really bad. 
So um, I run back, and fortunately, the ring that holds the lens in place, or or supposed to hold the lens mm, right. in place, <laughs> is sitting in the middle of the road, and and it's not being run over. The 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 car tires are going on either side of it, mm. and so I wait for a break, and I pick that up. The lens, unfortunately, is is broken, you know, mm. and and pieces of it are under cars, and I'm sure those went on to like ruin someone else's day by puncturing their tires or something. <laughs> it's just like a whole avalanche of shit that I've unleashed on the world with uh, buying this motorcycle. So, uh, you know, we pick those up, we put them in the saddlebags, we we get going, and and we're driving. We manage to make it over the golden gate bridge hmm. and uh and that's kind of like the end of san francisco for the most part and yep. um and we part. we stopped to take a few photos and mm-hmm. uh you know it we we're like Whew, that was that was the worst of it it's all over it's all downhill from here you know like, <laughs> marking maybe the diamond centennial time you guys have said that on this trip <laughs> yeah yeah so uh that's and, and we meet a friend a friend calls us and is like i want to meet you guys for lunch and we're like this is great we need a break from all this uh stress and uh of driving through town and and tr- stuff falling off and and what have you so we meet him he's a he's an epidemiologist he uh comes over from ucsc and meets us for lunch and and it's a just, uh, berkeley uc berkeley yeah, i'm sorry you uc berkeley and uh and we we have a nice lunch with him and uh so that was kind of the that was kind of you know a, a really good break in the in the day and then uh what we decided to go on to our other friend John. Right. So we were trying to decide where to cut across back to Highway 1 because we're on mm-hmm. 101 at this point. You're right, yeah. Uh, and we could uh, do several things, I think. We could go a little further north, or we happened to be uh, having lunch on Sir Francis Drake mm-hmm. a Boulevard, I think, which uh, goes all the way to the coast. So yeah. we decided to just do that, and uh, we get out to the coast. Uh, John Braben, who is a wonderful Land Rover enthusiast and a good friend, lives in the town of Bodega, Mm -hmm. and he has 400 acres there. And so I call him, and sure enough, he can accommodate us. We stopped and met the world record or world champion skateboard for like 1997 a world skateboard championship of 1997, Richie De La Rosa, uh, <laughs> who, who was like riding his 30 year old antique Segway by and doing uh-huh. tricks on that's it. That's true. That's and, true. And, uh, he's like, Holy shit, that's a badass motorcycle, man. <laughs> and, uh, he is wearing a shirt with a photograph of my motorcycle on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and he's like, he's like, you ever heard of me? I'm the world skateboard champion and, and I'm good friends with Steve Wozniak. And, uh, he just like had all these crazy stories and he was super fun to talk to. And he that was like, guy is better at riding the Segway than we are at walking. Oh yeah. Which doesn't <laughs> say a whole lot to be honest. Yeah, that's true. I was gonna say, yeah. It doesn't say a whole lot. He but, was uh, really good. He was super funny and he's like he's like, you know what? I was uh I was in one of the early viral videos. He was like, I was I I, I rode this segue backwards down some steps at Steve Wozniak's house and then I, I, I edited it so it looked like I was going up the steps. You wouldn't believe how many people called me and was like, how the fuck do you do that? I keep crashing. <laughs> 
And we went to John's place. Yeah, we got went to John's mm-hmm. place. Yeah, he's got this thing where he like writs out camp spots, and he's like, mm, "You guys, right, right, right. you guys can stay in the woods, you know, and uh, and take a spot, and uh, no big deal." He's an interesting guy. He raises uh, Muscovy ducks, maybe, and uh, Anatolian sheepdogs, and uh, and some sort of New Zealand variety of goat. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he's from New Zealand and he's mm-hmm. a, a vision researcher and he literally cures blind people. He's like true. the coolest guy ever. And, uh, <laughs> and he has he, a Land Rover and he has a Land Rover <laughs> two, and soon actually. to be two, soon mm-hmm. to be two. And, uh, and he has the most wonderful way of speaking. If you've ever seen a Monty Python film, he, he speaks like a lot of the, the people in that show kind of with a, a lilting, um, it, it's not super high pitched, but it's like a, ooh, so wonderful <laughs> to see you, Ike Minus. Ooh, <laughs> you, oh, you're not on your Land Rover. Like oh. a Bowenkull villain? Uh, kind <laughs> of, yeah. yeah. And you yeah. think he's doing a voice until you realize that that's genuinely how he talks, and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, that was only the second time I've been to his property, hmm. and, you know, but it's very picturesque, full of redwood trees, full of berries and vines and you know, massive thickets of poison oak and stickers. <laughs> Capital effort, you fellows. <laughs> true, true. You know, uh, he's got like a, a, a river uh, a creek that runs between the two campsites where we were staying mm-hmm. and the other three campsites he has and his house. You know, some suddenly we hear this splashing and zooming and this LR3 comes bounding up out of the sticker vines up this sand hill and racing down to our campsite and he hops out. It was very, very much fun to have him there. So again, we spent a lot of time that night working on the motorcycle. Up, mm-hmm. into, We had the lantern out. We were tightening the chain. We were trying to take off the side cover for some reason. Yeah, because all of the fucking screws were like rusted in there. It was like the, the side cover was not the original. It was like off of the Titanic. And so it had been at the bottom of the ocean for 80 fucking years. What were we, we were up very late working on that thing in lantern lights. Oh, we, yeah, because the, we realized that that sound, the angle iron sound that I thought was riding mm-hmm. over a grate oh. was actually the rear stand falling off the motorcycle. Yeah. And uh, we <laughs> which makes it very difficult to adjust the chain. Fortunately, Linus had accidentally left some jack stands in his pickup in truck. In the back of the pickup and truck. And so we put those <laughs> under the crash bars, and we had like a tarp laid out and all these tools. And we get it all, like, we get the rear chain adjusted, and we get things, like, kind of where we want them. And we have dinner, and we play cards, and, like, everything's just going great. Everything's going great. And, uh, you know, we have a we, we set up our camp, and we just – we just have a nice little sleep and we wake up in the morning completely fresh as a daisy, totally rested. Everything's going wonderful. And and you know what? I start the motorcycle in the morning and it starts like almost the first kick, maybe the first kick, maybe the second kick. Mm-hmm. And I warm it up and I'm like, wow, this is going to be a great day. We you know? get all packed we, up. We get all packed up. We like get all, I get all my motorcycle gear on, put my helmet on, put my gloves on, jacket, you know, mm-hmm. motorcycle mm-hmm. pants. And uh, this is after breakfast. I've already warmed up the motorcycle. I'm expecting a smooth departure. And I go to kick the motorcycle and I kick the goddamn transmission in half. It fucking breaks in half and dumps out all the oil all over the ground. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, fuck, I just ruined this motorcycle again, again. I've broken it in half and... uh, 
<laughs> I'm like, that's it. I'm done. We're There's done. no way. There's no way we're finding a pre-war Harley Davidson kickstart transmission cover in the middle of the goddamn woods in California. It's not happening. Like it's not happening. And so, uh, it, you know, we've, we've pretty much come to the conclusion that, that the trip is over. We've decided that we need a trailer. We're going to trailer this thing away. But um, Linus is calling trailer rental places and, uh, you know, to, to, to try and find a trailer. Well, we had asking, to go to town to get cell service first. Yeah, we, we didn't really have good cell service. And, and we were calling these trailer rental places and they were like, what do you want to tell? And I was like, do you have a fucking trailer or not? Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) What kind of car do you have? What kind of car do you have? What do you know? Like, what's your birth date? What's your family's maiden name? Where are you from? You know, like asking me all these questions. Do you want to be part of the survey? You know, just like, do you have a a motorcycle trailer? trailer? Oh, no, 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 no. No. We don't have a motorcycle trailer. Do you you have have a regular trailer? Any trailers? No, we don't have any trailers at all. So uh, during this process, Linus is calling around and I'm calling uh, motorcycle people, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the people that told me this was a bad idea to begin with. And uh, they so remember when you told me this was a bad idea. Yeah, I Aww. did it anyway, and this bad thing happened. And so, can you help us out of this bad situation that we've created for ourselves? So, uh, you know, uh, one person calls another person, and we've 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 got into the motorcycle grapevine somehow. You know, we're not we're not in this world or of this world. We're we're kind of into Land Rovers and not really motorcycles, and so. You know, one dude calls another dude and that dude, you know, sends up a road flare and that signal, you know, the, the, the beacons of Gondor were lit, lit. Yes. and, uh, <laughs> and, and we end up finding this guy who is a chopper builder in San Francisco Oakland. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Oakland, which is adjacent to San Francisco. Yes, it's San Francisco adjacent. Yeah. Yes. And uh, his, his name is Max Scheif. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. And he's a, a super, super knowledgeable motorcycle guy and knows all about antique motorcycles. He asked me some questions about what's happened and what's wrong and some pictures of what has happened. And uh, I send him those and he's like, I have the part you need. And I will ride it out to the middle of the forest where your motorcycle is broken down and uh, you help know, you put it on, <laughs> help you put it on. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is this is great. So I agree to pay him, you know, basically whatever it takes to mm-hmm. have him do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he's like, okay, I'm going to jump on my chopper and ride out there. And so we wait. And uh, I'm like, this guy's riding, you know, an hour or two hours through San Francisco traffic to, uh, to the middle of the forest to yes. help us with this. I was like, Linus, we need to get some beer and sandwiches for this guy when he shows up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which which would turn out to be a great idea because um, uh, we send him a pin, right? Because mm-hmm. it's there's not really yeah. an address yeah. where we are. We're just in the middle of the woods. And so he gets there. We hear this chopper like about half an hour after he, he said he would be there. You know, we hear this burbling through the woods. You know, the the Jabberwocky is is <laughs> knocking down trees and and burbling through the woods, um, and gyring and all of that stuff that Jabberwockies do. And he shows up, and and I open the gate for him to to, to John's property, and he pulls in and he's like. 
what the fuck is the matter with you guys? <laughs> and I was like, do you want a list? Like, you know, like, there's a lot, there's a lot, but he was super mad because you know, the, the, the pin was somewhat vague and he had gone to the, a neighboring property and like somebody yelled at him and he was mad. And like, right. Like I had, I had no idea how to put a pin where we were. So I chose a pin that was near like an address nearby, but John Braben had texted us instructions, right? And I had mm-hmm. forwarded those instructions mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. as well. And my intention had been for the pin to be a guide to the general area and then the written instructions to be the final, you know, <laughs> but he he just went to where the pin was and didn't read the instructions. So he didn't know to go t- 2.6 miles past where Johnson's silo used to be and turn at the cow. And then, you know, he didn't know all of that stuff. So he and got if the there, cow had moved over the, the course. Exactly. Of the day, it would have been. Right. So uh, he got there in a, a, a great huff, which I understand completely. It was, it was totally understandable. And I was like, I was like, dude, I know you're mad, but you found the place and we have a sandwich and a beer for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, all right, I'll look at it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that, that chilled him out. And, uh, w- you know, he was super helpful and helped us fix everything. We had a great time chatting with him and fixing the bike. And he showed us a lot of things that we didn't know, uh, which is mostly everything. He, uh, he, had, he had expected us to be very different from what we were. I think most people do. He thought that this was like uh, some kind of stupid chopper bike that somebody had built. And it turned out to be like an incredible original motorcycle. And he, he said, I've had a lot of motorcycles and I have a lot of motorcycles, but I want this one. (laughs) And that actually made me feel a lot better about the whole thing. Another thing that he had said uh, was uh, what, how did it go? Um, he said, "I could have, I could have gone home by now, but this is actually a lot of fun." <laughs> no, he he ended up enjoying himself, uh, uh, laughing at our suffering, and having a generally good time. And he did save the day. He went through so much trouble that he disassembled a transmission at his house and test fitted the cover that he brought to make sure that it was the right one. Like bored out the holes. So to he make sure cleaned that out the holes perfectly. so that it would go on and it, it, he put it on for us and everything. It was absolutely, he was the best. He really saved our ass and the trip couldn't have continued for better or for worse without his assistance. And uh, if you get an opportunity, follow him on Instagram four Q 69, I believe is his motorcycle shop. And uh, he does really amazing work and is a super nice dude. So this isn't the end of the story yet, which is still amazing to me. This, that, is, like, that this is like day three. It's the most <laughs> insurmountable trip back to Eugene, Oregon, anyone has ever conceived of, and yet you're still going. So we also we also left out the giraffes and the buffaloes and the zebras true. and the wildebeest yeah. and all it's that true. stuff. We totally That's forgot a Patreon about that. exclusive. And yeah. the, <laughs> the halflingers and the the forward control. Mm-hmm. Oh and- <laughs> yeah. Oh, we left out so many so many things that happened and interesting people. But um, you know, really, this that was the tipping point in the trip. You know, we feel like uh, we had. We had fixed everything had that had possibly gone wrong, and the things that would have gone wrong had fallen off at this right. point. So there, there was nothing really left for us to do other than ride the rest of the way. And right. so that's what we did. We we hauled ass to uh, Point Arena, um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, from Bodega Bay. So uh, you guys, you and Jenna had gone on a trip somewhere previously and, and pinned an interesting camping spot. 
that you'd found. Yeah, we, you know, there's almost no place to camp around here with mm-hmm. a truck and trailer, yeah. especially like gorilla style. And by gorilla style, I mean a place where you're eh, maybe not supposed to camp, but it's not strictly forbidden, you know? Right. Like, it's a gray area. You, yeah, you have some plausible deniability if somebody sure. hassles you. But, you know, those are those are some of my favorite camp spots. You know, it's, it's fine to pay $40 and camp in a a normal spot. And I don't mind doing that at all, but occasionally it's fine to find these out of the way gems. And on a, on a previous trip, Jenna and I found this really amazing spot, which overlooks the ocean. And, um, there's like eagles flying around and, uh, windswept trees. And, it, and it's kind of a forgotten part or spur of highway 101 that I don't really know its history, but it kind of goes along this uh, cliff or outcropping for about a mile and a half. And then there's like hiking trails and walking trails that go down to the the coast. And there's, you know, seals barking. And it's just it's a wonderful place. And it's it's gated off Mm. with some combination locks. (laughs) 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 And we're like, wouldn't it be nice if we could camp up there? Uh, instead of just walking up there and camping here where there are yeah. all this like refuse and, and, you know, Turds. toilet paper or paper <laughs> from people stopping and making, uh, you know, roadside deposits. So I had, uh, I had said, you know, well, at my work where we have a combination gate, oftentimes I'll come in in the morning and whoever had locked the gate the day before will have just moved one number up or down or right. two numbers up or down. And I yes. said, well, let's, let's just try, you know, flipping the last number up one and then down one and the first number. And you just, just try, just try. And so Ike is a very persistent person (laughs) and he continued trying well beyond the amount of the three 30 seconds I would have spent. I think he spent five whole minutes screwing with that thing, but he had an epiphany. He had an epiphany easily. I easily spent that much time, you know, uh, noodling around on this and like trying to, uh, change the numbers and and it, it got further and further away from something that was logical and then it struck me you know there's two combination locks on this gate maybe the person that tried to open this last tried the other one first and and changed it to the combination and then realized it wasn't the right lock and then <laughs> opened opened the second lock with that combination without uh, you know, turning the numbers. And sure enough, the first lock had the combination on it. <laughs> and it opened. And as it opened, Linus's eyes got huge. And he was like, no fucking way. No fucking opened way. that combination lock. <laughs> and so, uh, so we pulled into this uh, amazing overlook, uh, you know, this, this beautiful you know, tree overlook, all this stuff is the sun is setting it's and it, we've locked the gate behind us so no one can follow us in here unless and, they figure out that combination yeah. trick yeah, <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> nobody's totally, gonna do that it's our totally own little private wonderland of camping and we 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 set it up we we put our table out and our chairs and we had bought a painting at an antique store and we hung it in a tree and we had lamps and like we had just this whole living room set up and we we like had dinner and it was it was amazing yeah and uh, it was really neat because there's very few places that you can camp like this there we could not see a single light on the mm. land anywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a, a fishing boat out in the water that had a light, but there was no light anywhere on land that we could see. 
and it was really an, a special spot. And I wish we could go back there. The painting is still there. We tree, we did so. get a little bit. I got very damp. Mm. I had to throw my camp into my truck and sleep in the truck just from the coastal fog. Mm-hmm. It was. I had a sure coastal uh, fog. A, a rain fly from my tent over me, <laughs> and s- somehow my sleeping bag got full of pee. I. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so you wake up in an idyllic setting, uh, day five. Now in the glide slope, you're on the way home at this point. We're on the way home. We're feeling we're feeling good, and uh, you know, for the most part, we're we're hauling ass. But every once in a while, the the, the motorcycle acts up or won't start, or I have to kick it a hundred times, or you know, something. But generally, it's it's cruising along. We had been filming this entire journey with two GoPro cameras, uh-huh. and right. uh, you know, periodically we would move them from the Model T to the motorcycle. Or in, mm-hmm. in some cases, Linus would be holding them and filming. And, and then I had one in the pickup truck yeah. because I had taken it off the Model T. And so I realize, I realize about, I'm going to say five miles after it happened. I think it was like 10. Okay, 10 miles <laughs> after it happened. <laughs> that yet another thing has fallen off the motorcycle. <laughs> and unfortunately, it is one of the GoPros. And I'm like oh, no. horrified that we've lost all of this footage recording this this horrible debacle. So, so by chance, I had been following Ike. Ike was in the left lane and I was in the right hand lane and we were going across a bridge and something mm-hmm. came out from underneath Ike's tire and rolled across the in front of me and bounced into the little the six inch wide space between the edge of the bridge and the white line. And at the time, I had no idea what it was. I, right. you know, because I didn't see it come off the motorcycle. I, mm-hmm. I thought he just kicked it up, but it did cross my mind that it was his GoPro. But there, I, there was literally nowhere to stop on the bridge. It was a long bridge, mm-hmm. so I just kept going. And you know, I, I said if that had been his GoPro, he would have pulled over by now. You know, he would have noticed. surely. And surely. we just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> And suddenly he pulled over. I noticed it and I was like, fuck, you know, uh, it's probably gone forever. And Linus is like, oh, I know exactly where that is. (laughs) 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 So I turned around, I turned around and I promised me a thousand dollars if I could retrieve it. And so I went back and I parked, I went back past the bridge, came back, I parked on the north side of the bridge. And then I got out my GoPro and made a video of me going and retrieving this one off the side of the highway. And it was there. Uh, the lens had come off, I think, but mm-hmm. it was co- totally hadn't been run over. So we saved the GoPro. Was the footage usable? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Ike's got the footage. Yeah. I have the footage. It's like the Blair Witch Project. <clears throat> How much of the crash did it record? Uh, none. Zero. None. Because oh. I was in front of him at the time of the crash. Yeah. So that that wasn't uh, that wasn't on that footage. But um, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to the footage and the content later a little bit. That day we realized that you didn't have any lights. Yeah, the generator stopped working, and uh, it was only putting out one point eight volts, which on a six volt system is enough to run the ignition, but nothing else. Oh. That's something we were screwing around with that night at John Braben's house, trying to st- fix the generator. We, we just were, decided that we were only going to drive. It, it was it was enough to run the motorcycle, 
Yeah, so but it also made it. it really hard to start. Made it, it really hard to start. <laughs> the full voltage, yeah. So we were kind of in a pickle to find a place to camp that night because it was getting darker and darker and we had no lights. Oh, heck, that's when we got stuck in traffic for four hours. It was just south of Crescent City. So they were doing like a bridge retrofit or there had been a slide uh, and Rock they slide. were doing a, bread, a bridge retrofit. And so uh, we were trying to get to the bridge retrofit so that we could get through. They close it for four-hour periods, and it was open for three-hour periods. It was open from 12 till 3, and then it was closed from 3 to 7. So we were trying to get there before they closed the road for four hours. We're hauling ass. We're skipping all these cool places that we go to stop. That's when the GoPro fell off, and you know we got delayed, and then it wouldn't start at the gas station, and we got delayed. So we, we finally get to the bridge retrofit and we got through it. It was like 301 and we got through it only to discover that there was another closure right after it that we didn't make it in time to get through. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, there's like two cars in front of us. And they let those through. (laughs) And they're like, not you guys. guys. (laughs) We were the last people to get there. And they're like, you have to stay here for four hours. Actually, you have to go back to town. And uh, it was, it was horrible. And so we sat there and we, I think we played cards for four hours. Right. We we waited in line (laughs) for four hours and played cards. There's like no place to stop in crescent city and so yeah and and uh i'm like i'm gonna try to make it to jedediah smith to camp and linus went back to get burritos and so i'm on my way north you know down 199 a little ways to try and find a camp spot before it gets completely dark and i can't ride the motorcycle because it has no light so i get to this campsite jedediah smith uh which is beautiful it's on the smith river valley there's uh redwood trees it's it's gorgeous super beautiful place and uh, this time we are not so lucky. There is not some lady who has overbought campsites and there is nothing available. There's nothing available in the entire place. It's a big, big place. And it's you know? dark, uh, totally dark. And it's completely dark. So we can't proceed. We can't go to another place. And so we're like, fuck it. We'll just, uh, you know, there's a huge log. You know, redwood logs are, are massive for those of you that don't live mm. in the United States. They're, you know, easily six feet in diameter. And, and there is one in front of a parking space. And you know what? I, I said, you know what, Linus? I'm going to camp on the other side of the log. No one will ever know. <laughs> so I parked in the parking space, and we pushed the motorcycle in front of the truck, and we both slept in the bushes. <laughs> and nobody even looked. Nobody came by. No, no. It was this weird sort of side loop off of a side loop, and there was a pullout, and we went in it. Nobody even noted and linus is at this point sweating it a little bit because the, his his time on the trip is is quickly coming to a close because he has to go back right he has a hard a return date yeah. to santa cruz where you just were. i had to go to a memorial which was at 10 30 in the morning on saturday and it's thursday night yeah, so this is this is not not looking good, and we have we have uh, basically the longest day we've ridden so far is mm-hmm. 250 miles, something right. like that, and so we have 350 miles left, something mm-hmm. in that order, mm-hmm. and so we ha- we're faced with the longest day, and, uh, and and no time to get there, no time to get there, but fortunately. You know, things were things were going great. The, the motorcycle decides to behave itself. We're cruising along 60, 70 miles an hour. Um, you know, Linus is in his Toyota pickup, so no issues there. And, uh, you know, we have this 
lighter GoPro, which I decide mm-hmm. to exchange for the heavier one that has broken off the handlebar. You know, the motorcycle vibrates so much right. that the the first GoPro, which is a full size one, has broken off and fallen into the highway. And and we get, I'm gonna say, uh, we get just past Grant's Pass. I think is where this happened. This and I filmed all this cool footage where I'm like weaving through the Smith River right. Valley. And this is this is the GoPro that I had had on my Model T. So it had all mm-hmm. the footage I took of Ike riding, uh, and it had all the footage of me rescuing the other GoPro, and it had most of the footage of the Model T. There was none, mm-hmm. you know, because I had it and I was videoing my own car because that's what one does. And, you know, I would like hold it out the window and follow Ike around turns on the highway one as he would, <laughs> you know, and uh, going through bridges, uh, under tunnels and over bridges, Bixby Bridge. And uh, so I could put it on his motorcycle so he could keep using it. And yeah, I thought, I thought, okay, this mount is designed for mounting to the handlebar of a yeah, motorcycle mm-hmm. and yeah. dirt bikers use them, you know, and, uh, you know, surely this can handle driving down the street, but not on this hateful machine. <laughs> That uh, <laughs> vibrates like a, a cheap massage bed in a, a dirty hotel. Uh, so this thing manages to, you know, break free as well. It's broken. The mount actually breaks. The the um, GoPro, the smaller one, tumbles down the highway. And this time I notice it and I'm like, ah, shit. And I pull over almost immediately, but it still takes about a quarter mile for the brakes to to bring this thing to a halt and it's like a train i pull like over a freight train and i'm wearing all my gear and i and it's hot you know we're out of the coast and it's and i'm it's burning up the high the asphalt's hot everything's hot i'm wearing all my gear and i hoof it up the road to try and rescue this thing from the highway and i get up there and it's in the middle of the left-hand lane and i'm like oh perfect it's not in the path of mm-hmm. any tires it's gonna it's gonna survive it's a little tweaked you know i can see but it's it's it looks intact it's gonna be fine i just need to wait for traffic to pass and right then a car moves just ever so slightly within the lane and oh, no. kick, kicks it up like six feet in the air and it lands in the right hand lane and i'm like oh the case is a little tweaked the camera's probably screwed but I, i'll probably be able to get the footage off of it you know and about about 10 seconds after that i had that thought a semi truck comes along and sucks it up under the thing and it goes under the rear tires under both sets of rear tires and disintegrates into 400 million tiny 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 little parts and I'm showered with them. And I literally watch all this footage that we've gone through all this horror show to get just be completely destroyed. And I'm like, oh, no. And I try to, like, look on the highway for the little t- the little micro SD card, <laughs> which is somewhere card. within a 200-yard range in, like, five different pieces. Uh, it, it was you know, spread. It spread out. It spread out all over the highway. I picked up as many pieces as I could, and the largest one would probably go through a salt shaker. It was like that horrible <laughs> how totally bad it trashed. was. 
was totally oh. trash. And so that was pretty that was pretty devastating. And that was uh, the last thing to fall off that motorcycle, I believe. The rest of the the rest of the trip was was pretty straightforward. The last hundred miles from Grants Pass to Eugene was was pretty smooth sailing. But that's that's not where the story ends with the motorcycle because uh, after a week, I think, I decided I was going to ride the motorcycle to lunch. Mm-hmm. And the mo- I started it up and I rode it to lunch and it starts making this banshee noise out of the front wheel bearing. Ree, 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 ree. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, man, I better take that apart because a front wheel bearing failure is super serious on a motorcycle. Yep. It can lock up and throw you, you know, you could die really easily. Mm-hmm. And so I took it all apart and uh, there was no grease in the front wheel. It was all at rust all. powder. <laughs> it was just powdered metal. Yeah, it looks like uh, like hot chocolate mix. <laughs> it's it sort terrible. of what it, it looked like. Uh, just terrifying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I cheated death again, yet again. How long was it like that? Well, probably the whole way. You and know? we did stop probably and put grease way. in it, but... It we was did. so empty that it made no difference. Yeah, we, we, you know, without taking it apart, you wouldn't have known this was a problem. And I mm-hmm. had been told that this motorcycle had been mechanically gone through, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and this is something that you would assume is part of that process, right? R- putting grease in the bearings. Yeah, it could have failed at any time along the coast. You know, I could have been tossed down a 400 foot cliff into the ocean at any minute. At any minute, the ninth or tenth way you could have died uh, on uh, on that motorcycle. Uh, so what? When did we get back? Like at eleven o'clock in the morning? Yeah, something like that. And so I followed you back to your shop. I threw your shit on the ground and immediately left. <laughs> and then like drove nine hours back home to this <laughs> memorial service. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what happened. I went home. I took a shower and I flipping left. And I, I went all the way back down to San Jose so I could go to that memorial the next morning. <laughs> the whole the whole time he was driving, I was like, sucks to be that guy. <laughs> but I made it and uh, I went to the memorial and uh, borrowed your trailer uh, behind my mm-hmm. Tacoma. And I went back to Santa Cruz and I collected the Model T. Both of us have continued repercussions from this trip that we will have to resolve (laughs) they will echo for for years to come i will never be the same i woke up the next day and uh my ribs were were hurting really bad and i was like oh i must have slept on those funny nope nope it was from uh, the crash (laughs) apparently was apparently from the crash i broke a a rib and uh (laughs) it was excruciating and i didn't realize it until i wasn't on the motorcycle (laughs) well it's nice to know that the ride is so smooth you don't uh, you don't notice a broken no, yeah. rib. It's yeah. so unpleasant you don't yeah. notice a broken yeah, it's rib. It's just it lulls you into just like yeah, a it takes set your of mind off of it. What what are your long term takeaways from this? Did you would you would you do it again if you had to? Is it was it that uh, was it that character building of an experience that uh, looking in hindsight it was worth? I mean, from um, from my standpoint, we got a whole uh, special edition podcast out of it, so uh, it feels great uh, for me. Uh, well, my my personal intention is to do more of this but longer longer <laughs> longer trips yeah. i uh, i want to drive my old car uh maybe to colorado maybe to mm-hmm. like yellowstone um i want to drive an, an antique car across the country on the lincoln highway that had been mm-hmm. my intention to do later this year but 
but I'd like to do more. And is that a masochistic thing? Is it a, it's a tantric thing? Like, what is the, where is the kink I, that is causing uh, I don't causing know. It's, to it's, it's, there isn't a reason, Stephen. <laughs> there is no reason to do <laughs> such a thing at all. One cannot use logic to come up with an answer to that question. It's just an emotional thing that it sounds like it would be fun to do in the t- t- traditional way. Why have an antique motorcycle if you can't use it as a motorcycle? Why have an antique car if you can't use it as an ant- as a car? It's a car. It's supposed to be used. I would like to use it. I would like to do something fun with it. Just the same as you might take your family to Yellowstone in your car because you want to see mm-hmm. Yellowstone. I would like to take my antique car to Yellowstone just to see Yellowstone. But I think the mm-hmm. adventure would be greater if I use something stupid like a 1921 Studebaker. Uh, for myself, I uh, not only never want to ride a motorcycle again, I don't want to see Linus ever again either. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what an incredible way to spend six days and God knows how many parts strewn across the western coast of uh, the United States. You guys are braver than most. Just dumber. Dan. And certainly, uh, <laughs> or dumber than most, but whatever. It's certainly something, and Linus, I agree with you 100%. If you're going to have something like that, you should use it. You should enjoy it. It makes you appreciate the uh, the things we have in modern life and, uh, I think, appreciate even more uh, the things that, uh, that came from uh, years before. It's true. I mean, we, we wouldn't have met several interesting people. We wouldn't have seen several interesting places. We wouldn't have stayed at... Maybe we would have stayed at John Braben's house. I feel like in a modern car, we would have zoomed past it long, long before we got there on the motorcycle and not even thought of it. And, you know, it's just the the timing of it. It's slower. You see different things. You experience different things. I think everybody should not do this, but some people should. (laughs) (laughs) And you know who you are already, so... I hope you do it. Well, on that, Ike, I'm glad you didn't die. Linus, we're going to get updates on your car and how things yes. are going back together. And uh, we're going to work on uh, getting an exorcism scheduled for <laughs> Ike's motorcycle here in the very near future. Well, dear audience, we hope you enjoyed the summer breakdown as uh, Ike and I get to take uh, the next uh, week off. You're listening to this. Well, we're, who knows, perhaps riding a vintage motorcycle, Velma and Louise style, into a canyon in somewhere uh (laughs) you'll have to stay tuned to find out but uh hopefully everybody has enjoyed their summer we certainly have enjoyed ours and uh this marks the close of the first season of the underpowered hour and thank you all for listening uh we have all kinds of fun stuff uh coming up in our uh next season of episodes linus i hope you will come on uh again and actually talk about land rovers on this land rover uh podcast land rovers definitely we have lots of talking to do about land rovers like i hope everything that was broken uh both internally and externally uh and mentally physically spiritually uh all mens well and uh and you're <laughs> you're back in fighting uh form soon and uh, as always, uh, there is uh, video and fully extended versions of uh, this uh, podcast to your listeners on our Patreon. So if you were so inclined to head over there and check that out, you are welcome to do so if you want to kill an entire day listening to the story of uh, the transit uh, from south uh, to north. And uh, at that, thank you guys again. Thank you, Steve. And uh, we'll see you out on the trail. Thanks, Stephen. Looking forward to it. Thank you.
Produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. You love the show? Why not support us on Patreon, where you can find the video version of this very special episode. Back to the regular show next week. Thanks for joining us for the Summer Breakdown. <laughs>